This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. For our first catch-up in a few weeks, we are joined by Waikato District Deputy Mayor Axel Beck. Good morning, Axel. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back on. Did your uh, trip overseas go well? It did. I did. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I can report, though, that the romance of, uh, of overseas travel has not returned. Um, mm. <laughs> it's a bit of a bit of a slog, and uh, we had one flight uh, about 17 hours of uh, having to wear a mask, which was uh, uh, not particularly pleasant. And uh, then you get to the other end, and no masks are required. So, <laughs> so it's all a bit curious at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. Um, but it was obviously great to um, see family as you did. Um, so, yeah, I'm yeah. happy about that. Um, now, looking at what's happening in the Waikato, there's a fair bit going on, um, including uh, uh, construction work on the redevelopment of Raglan Wharf. Mm, that's right, yeah. So uh, there was quite extensive uh, uh, public consultation, which I think we might have talked about. Uh, we did, yeah. Uh, sort of a year ago or so. Um, of course, inevitably, uh, when you ask the public, uh, you know, what would they love to see, then uh, <laughs> you get a, a fairly big wish list. Um, and in the meanwhile, of course, construction costs and all the rest of it have gone up. But um, we've been able to chunk it into to several bits. Uh, and, and the first um, and probably the biggest piece is about to start, which is the sort of the structural future resilience, um, you know, type work. Um, so there's a new pontoon, there's a walkway, a kayak ramp, uh, and a balustrade and a few other things like that, um, which are in this current phase, which are, yeah, actually starting, uh, starting this month. So about a half a year project starting now. Um, and some of the other things, uh, we're then, uh, going to try and find funding for in, um, future LTPs. You know, there's some further walkways and seeking and some tidal stairs and all that sort of stuff, which, um, are still on the list. But uh, but not part of the first uh, the first tranche of work. Mm. Now, of course, uh, with this redevelopment work, it isn't just for the uh, public experience of the the wharf facility. It's actually for its um, integrity heading into the future, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, some of, some of the uh, the piling uh, work and so on has to be uh, had to be looked at anyway. Some of the actual structure of the wharf. Um, and then with, uh, you know, anticipated uh, climate, um, uh, climate changes and so on, that's, um, you know, higher sea levels, et cetera, that's very much necessary. And um, will there be reduced access to the wharf um, for the next while during the construction or are they sort of working around the public um, Yeah, it'll be, it will be a workaround. I guess inevitably there'll be some some impact uh, and actually the, the project is taking slightly longer because we're um, trying to keep noise to a minimum you know there's residential properties right around uh, that area uh, but the boat ramp will stay open right throughout so no, no impact on that but there might be some you know waiting for a, a truck to pass or something mm. right yeah and that is um, that is regular in, in the Waikato really um, so it sounds like um, the council are doing a real uh, delicate operation there to mm. have as least uh, as less interruption as uh, possible into the the normal goings on there while uh, this quite major project takes place 
It, it is, yeah. And it's, of course, it's a, it's a much-loved and very well-used facility. So, yeah, it's important to, to keep it open throughout. Um, and I'll put in a little plug, too, if I may, Gary, that uh, we've actually got a wider uh, Whangaroa harbour strategy uh, that's open for consultation uh, at the moment and actually closes later today. Um, so there is a last chance for, for someone to submit if they um, weren't aware of it. Um, and that's really looking at the harbour itself, you know, the health of the harbour and cycling and boating connectivity around the, or in and around the harbour, um, parking, uh, and just, you know, how much commercialisation do we want to see um, around the harbour itself. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's actually open at the moment and closing, closing later today. So that's, that's on the council website for anyone who might have missed it. Great to know. I imagine some people will be mind-blowingly impassioned about that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, even in the... Uh, we did some uh, pre-consultation on it just to make sure the draft strategy was, you know, starting from a sensible uh, point, and we had over 100 submissions to the to the, to the the draft, you know, um, before it even went out for consultation. So, yes, it's uh, <laughs> definitely uh, uh, a topic of much interest. Yeah, <laughs> don't want to tread on too many toes from the get-go, eh? It's good to no, um, yeah get right. a general consensus heading into it. Um, all right, we have the Better Off Funding um, consultation or consideration going on at the moment as well. Do we want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, using the seg- segue of, um, of, um, <laughs> of much engagement. Uh, <laughs> so this is, this is a spin-off of the Three Waters, of course, um, where you'll recall the um, the government's, uh, I'm not sure I should call it sleight of hand, that would that would be disingenuous of me, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, that argument that says that uh, if it starts in ratepayers' ownership and it ends up in public ownership, then it, it's still, you know, uh, taxpayer ownership, then it's still in public ownership and, and uh, nothing's changed. Uh, whether you subscribe to that argument or not, they, um, they thought they'd... Um, uh, really close off the argument by saying, well, here's some better off, uh, funding, two and a half billion dollars worth of better off funding to, just to really make sure everyone is either no worse off or, or probably better off. That's the government's argument. Um, so whether you believe the argument or subscribe to it or not, we're sort of in the difficult situation that the money's there. Um, and if you don't take it, well, you just simply don't get it. Um, uh, but if you do take it, you're, you're actually still not saying you agree with the three waters, but there is a sort of a, yeah, it's got a bit of a funny feel to it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but anyway, that's, that's how it is. That's government, uh, government policy. Um, 7.88 million, uh, for the Waikato for projects, um, is up for grabs in this first run. So it's a, it's a big number. Um, and applications are actually open right now, um, through to about the 19th of August, I think it is. Um, for things that, um, well, it's two main things really, um, either support, um, uh, communities transitioning through to a sort of more sustainable, low emission, uh, low emission economy, uh, or something that's about delivering uh, infrastructure for, uh, housing, um, particularly infield is what they favour. And actually there's a third, um, third element too, uh, which is a support of, uh, uh placemaking sort of, you know, local uh, community well-being type type initiatives. Those are the three main um, categories you can apply for. And, and there's a, yes, a big chunk of money there. That's a real double-edged sword, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's, um, it's obviously positive. It's a good amount of money. Uh, like, 
a lot can be done with that amount of money, a real lot. Um, yeah. But it's a um, it's a little sweetener thing, isn't it, to try and well, offset? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some have called it bright money, um, sweeteners, incentives. I mean, call it what you like. Um, <clears throat> but it does have a little bit of a sort of a, hey, if you take it, there is a sort of an implicit, you're with us on the bus, you know, for this ride. Even though very explicitly, um, lots of councils uh, have, uh, including ours, have registered significant concerns. Mm. Um, but but do you then not take the money and your communities miss out on something that um, that yeah, the kind of a lolly scramble that is <laughs> that is going on? It's a, it's a tricky one that one. Mm, yeah, I reckon I have my own thoughts on that, but I'll leave the listeners to um, <laughs> to digest what we've talked about there. <laughs> Well, that's that's actually a wonderful segue to another topic, uh, Gary. Um, if you have your own thoughts, uh, why don't you share them on the public stage? I mean, you've already got a uh, you know access to the airways, but of course uh, we've got local council elections um, uh, just around the corner now. So nominations, in fact, are open for uh, for the various positions. That's something uh, that's tickled your fancy before, Gary. Um, I have thought about it. Yes, um, I am constantly thinking about it myself. Um, and I imagine a lot of people are, um, but I suppose people need to uh, understand uh, what it entails running for council and mm. um, and sort of what you're in for um, and what you could possibly achieve. So I guess it's up to um, sort of uh, community pop-ups and things like that for people to be able to speak to councillors and understand what it entails. Yes, that's right. And, and actually, there is quite a lot of uh, good information on our website too, and I'm sure on Hamilton too, for, for people who are uh, resident there or that's their community of interest. Of course, you don't have to live in a particular community to represent it. Um, you know, if, if you sort of work work in one place, live in another, you could actually you know make a choice about um, what you go for. But uh, even on our own um, Waikato District, um, dot nz website there's quite a bit on you know what it is to be a candidate comments from current candidates and so on uh, along with a pre-election report which actually just been um, published a couple of days ago by the, the ceo really just saying hey what what's the state of affairs now and what are some of the big challenges coming up um so people can you know make an informed choice about whether to put their hand up and say, hey, listen, I, I think I can make a difference here. You know, I think I can speak for my community. Um, and that's both, uh, of course, uh, for us as, um, as a councillor or, or the mayor. There's 13 councillors and, uh, and, and one mayor. But there's also 32 um, community board members. So there's, you know, there's quite a few at that sort of, again, slightly more local, more nuanced level. Um, lots of opportunities there to stand up. And that community boards can be an um, important step which people could potentially take into seeing how they like being involved in council processes, um, which we, we don't have it here in Hamilton, um, uh, but, yeah, in the Waikato district. And also I spoke to Liz Stolwit, Deputy Mayor of the Waipa mm. district last week, and they've got uh, community boards there as well. And I know from having attended some of those meetings that, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good environment to sort of, you know, um, dip your toe in, and it's not as huge a, uh, a time commitment as being a councillor. 
That's right. It's a great it's a great uh, way into it, and 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 really, um, you know, a lot of a lot of councillors will come through that route. Um, but yeah, I mean, we I guess we make the argument that if you're a resident and um, I don't know Port Waikato, then you know you may be there may be a different community and different issues than than if you're a you know resident of Tupperi, for example, or Turkau or Tomahedi or you know any of those. So. You know, from the outside looking in, you go, well, yeah, of course. I mean, there's got to be some differences in terms of those communities and their challenges. <clears throat> but, yeah, interesting enough, Hamilton doesn't uh, make the same argument, and yet I would suggest that um, the same argument is true for sort of, you know, Fairfield versus Rotatuna versus, you know, I don't know, pick, pick any number of uh, suburbs. You know, there's there's actually, you know, Hillcrest versus, um, you know, there, there's lots of different... Um, you know, factors at play and and um, uh, and challenges and aspirations and things that those communities might value and want to see, you know, improve or change or whatever. Mm, yeah, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a great believer in that much more nuanced voice. You know, a clearer a clearer voice from the community. I think is quite important. Mm, certainly. Now, um, uh, the current mayor Alan Sanson isn't running in uh, this coming election. Um, are there any other sort of people who are standing down, um, which will mean there will be effectively seats up for grabs? Yeah, yeah. In in fact, um, we're guaranteed to have about five or six uh, new faces out of the fourteen. Um, so that's quite a change. So we've got the two new uh, Māori wards um, coming in. So they're uh, brand new and they effectively have, you know, Hunt, the Huntley and the Narawahia areas have, have uh, shared a general ward and gained a Māori ward. So there's two guaranteed new faces there. Um, and then councillors uh, Smith um, and uh, Sedgwick have um, both uh, announced their retirements. Uh, so they're not standing. Um, and uh, then there's uh, yeah myself um, running for mayor, but not for the councillor Tamahiri. Um, so um, you know whether successful or not uh, for the mayoralty, they'll sit, well there'll be a new mayor, um, whichever way it goes. But there'll also be a new councillor for for Tamahiri. So yeah, five or six. Um, that's assuming others uh, are re-elected, of course, which is <laughs> no one's got any guarantee of. So. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting an interesting time with almost a fifty percent or possibly a fifty percent uh, turnover. Yeah, so yeah, it's a real good opportunity for people. Um, how many uh, are we seeing a significant amount of um, candidates coming forward at the moment? Sadly, no. Wow. <laughs> Sadly, no. So yeah, yeah. So you've got until the twelfth of um, of August. It's not that long. It's another nine days. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, um, yeah, it's been remarkably slow to come. To come through. Um, I'm certainly aware, you know, of people who are, um, you know, starting to become active on social media saying, you know, I am standing for and seeking support and this is what I believe in, who, who haven't actually, <laughs> haven't filled in their papers yet. So, um, you know, we can, I guess, assume that those are coming. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm actually, uh, yeah, slightly disappointed that, um, that we just haven't quite seen that, that engagement again with, yeah, uh, and, and yet people are active. Um, like Three Waters is a classic example, isn't it? I mean, it's a great time to, mm. um, to to make your voice heard if you if you're um, you know uh, have a strong opinion one way or another on that. Well, this is the best possible position to uh, to make that voice heard rather than just be 
you know, another another person uh, having a go at, on social media. Mm. We saw this issue occur one or two elections ago in the Matamata Piako district, I think, where, yeah, there literally weren't enough candidates to even fill up the seats. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's that's quite serious. Um, do people have to live in the Waikato district to run for the seats? No, not at all, no. So um, uh, they have to be nominated by two people who do, mm-hmm. um, but they themselves could live in district or out of district. And in fact, one of our existing uh, councillors um, uh, is, is, is going to stand in the Tamahiri ward, actually. He lives in another ward, but because of the reconfiguration, and you might recall we had that representation review uh, that changed the war boundaries. Um, so he's actually um, cut off from his normal community of interest. So he physically lives just over the border. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, his church, his school, his um, you know supermarket, etc., is all all in, the, in, the, in another electorate, and that's the one he's chosen to stand in. So, yeah, you don't have to, and you don't have to be in the district at all. You could live in Hamilton or... Lawrenceville or whatever, mm, as long as two locals nominate you. Interesting. So a lot of opportunities for um, a lot of people, really. Mm. Yep, including yourself, Kay. Yep, yep. I may think <laughs> about that. I may go off here, make myself a coffee and have a sit down and... Uh... <laughs> Awesome. Okay, well, um, Axel uh, Bech, Deputy Mayor of the Waikato District, thanks as always for coming on the free breakfast. Great to talk and great to have you back on air. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.